But uh, let's get started. Hey, who likes fire? Okay, that's quite, quite a few. West Virginia, so, you know, figured probably a lot of people like fire because, you know, you can burn stuff here. Yeah, you can burn stuff. What, like, uh, like have a fire outside and, like, throw some water bottles in there. You know, good for the environment and everything. No, probably not. Hey, but hey who likes cooking glizzies over the fire? Hey, yeah, hot dogs for those of you who don't know the slang. Uh, toast some marshmallows for some s'mores, right? Or maybe you're not like the outdoor fire people, but like the fireplace inside, you know, with your couch and your hot chocolate and your Christmas movie going. Anyone ready for Christmas movies yet? Ah, whoa, hey, dang, way more than I thought. That is crazy. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, fire's pretty great. Fire's used for a lot of other things that, you know, besides toasting marshmallows and watching movies with, you know, like it's used for, um, you know, forming and, and welding things together that we need for things like cars and houses and buildings, right? So it's like useful for very good things like that. It's also like for um, welding pieces of metal together or wires for things like our phones, tablets, laptops, things like that. And then also, you know, like things that kind of make our lives more beautiful, like uh, purifying like uh, metals and, and stones for that so that we can have like rings and jewelry and stuff like that. So it's used for a lot, you know. So even if you, your hand didn't go up for like loving fire for in and of itself, we still benefit from uh, things that were made with fire like every single day. And so basically if it's made with quality, then fire was probably involved in its making, which is pretty crazy to think about. Um, so one thing that I learned about recently in preparing for the sermon is forging as well. Has anyone ever forged anything? Really? <laughs> Dang, that's crazy. Okay, so I didn't expect anyone to have done that. That's really awesome. Um, forging is like pretty cool from what I've seen like recently. And um, yeah, so let me just explain forging a little bit to you. Uh, so from what I can tell, and maybe they can correct me afterwards or explain it better, but you take whatever metal, usually steel, and then you put it into this super hot furnace. And what I saw was that generally the temperature of the furnace is anywhere between 1,400 to 2,400 degrees. That's really hot. I've never been anywhere close to anything that hot. We would all die if we were any close to that fire. Um, so these guys, you know, like they put the steel in, they use these like really long tongs, right? Am I good so far? They take the, they take the steel out, they put it on this table, and then they like hit it many times with this hammer to start shaping it into like a sword or something, right? And then after about 30 seconds, it cools off, and then they stick it back in the fire. And then they repeat this process until you have what you want. Right. And so I read that it could take up to even like 75 hours of putting it in the fire and taking it out. And at 30 seconds per into the fire, that's a lot of heat. That's a lot of being put into the fire. And so with that, um, it just what, you know, was something that I thought about because tonight we're talking about fire. Um, and so um, like in our lives, you know, if you kind of take being forged as an analogy, there are things that we are forged in as well, right? Um, I was talking to Wit and Josh about this the other day, and they were saying like college. When I asked them, hey, what is it? What, what do you think about when you think about going through fire? And they said, oh, it makes me think about college. And so in college, right, you guys are all in college, and so you guys know how much of a forge it can be, right? 
on top of like the classes that you have like there's like sometimes expectations from parents to do well um, sometimes there's like pressure from like scholarships or you know different things here and there like honors um, and then you know just in addition to that like for a lot of us it's a big change right we were at home for 18 years of our lives then all of a sudden we're on our own um, and we got to figure stuff out and so like you know just a big change like that can really help like shape us and form us and and be like a forge um, and so is this making sense so far can anyone relate to this Yes, some of you guys? Okay. Well, maybe it's something else, you know, not college or like a sport that you played or something like that to where, you know, your two-a-days were just like you went from being this huge, you know, unmuscular freshman to like this chiseled masterpiece your senior year because your football coach was crazy and made you like work out until you threw up every day. Or something else like music, you know, yeah, I know you guys have like juries and recitals and all these things where you just go, go, go. And then it's like you're beating yourself to death. And then you're this like amazing musician at the end of college. Um, so basically what I'm getting at is that anything that is in life that has quality went through some sort of fire, including us, when we get to the end of college, we'll have this degree that someone will think that we're hireable, right? They can see that we've been through some fire and they'll want to hire us partially just because of that. So Jesus knows this too, right? He knows that in order for anything to be quality, it has to go through some fire. And so we're going to talk about um, that with Jesus. Uh, in Matthew chapter 3, uh, John the Baptist, the prophet who was uh, alive before the time, of, uh, right before and with Jesus, um, he came to prepare the way for the Messiah, Jesus. And um, this one occasion, he's preaching to people um, about confession and repentance, and people are uh, getting saved, basically. They're turning back right with God, and he's baptizing people, and it's this really cool thing going on that he's preparing the way for Jesus to come. And so this is something that John says at one point during his ministry. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So we'll talk a little bit about being baptized in the Holy Spirit later, um, but we'll start off with being baptized in fire. But before I do that, I'll pray and then we'll get into it. Father God, thank you, Lord, for, um, yeah, just this time to be together, this time to worship in a little bit, and uh, yeah, just learn from your word who you are and see more of you and what you want for our lives. God, I pray that you would speak through me and speak to everyone here, and would you help us see more of what you want. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Cool. So it says, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. What does that mean? Um, well, at first, when I uh, read being baptized with fire, that made me think like, oh, yeah, like being on fire for God. Um, you know, it's, it's like being really passionate about spending time with him and, um, you know, doing things for him. Well, although I think that's a good thing to do, I don't think that that's what um, is meant in this passage specifically. And what it actually means is being put through the fire which totally changes the context of this and is in line with some of the things that we were talking about, like the forge and college and all these other things. So the fire of Jesus um, in this context is something that purifies and forges us. Um, and, and what 
I think this passage is getting at and this truth that we see from what God wants to do in our lives is that um, Jesus desires uh, to actually allow us to go through difficult things in order to make us more like him. Um, he allows us uh, to be tested and he used that process. He uses that process so that we can be um, more useful to him as well in the sense that you would, you know, same way, put the steel into the fire and then you shape it. Jesus, so it can be useful, Jesus does the same thing with us. Um, and so, um, Charles talked a couple weeks ago about uh, the gate and the path, and he, you know, about how Jesus is the gate that we need to go to in order to have a relationship with God, and also the path that we walk on in order to, uh, as, we, as we have relationship with God. And I was just thinking, and it kind of seems, I wonder if uh, that this path that we walk on actually might get smaller the longer we walk on it. Um, and throughout our lives, um, the more we walk with Jesus, the, the less we're able to take with us um, because there's all these things that he's, you know, peering, purifying us of and there's things that we need to let go of. And as we get closer and closer to being with Jesus for eternity, uh, the less and less there is of us when we started, like high school football. And so, um, yeah, and, and the reason is because I think to walk with God um, it requires that we be pure um, because to have relationship with the holy God uh, means that we have to be holy ourselves um, and that we have to be living in obedience uh, to what he's commanded us. And so to have communion with Jesus uh, requires purity. Um, and some of this uh, burning away, you could say, that Jesus does throughout our lives uh, might actually take some of our cooperation. So, for example, if you have a friend who's like being stupid, living in sin, doing things he shouldn't be doing, then part of your purifying process might be actually talking to that friend about what he's doing and calling him to live in holiness, uh, which would be a very difficult thing to do. And so as you talk to them, you know, it, it will require some self-denial on yourself about what will they think about me? How could it affect our friendship? Or maybe it's something like going on one of these mission trips. You're not sure about if your parents are for it or something like that. And uh, saying yes to Jesus might mean saying no to your parents which would be very difficult as well. Um, but that might be something that the Lord's putting in front of you also to say, you know, deny yourself and say yes to Jesus, even when that's uncomfortable or difficult. Um, and, you know, then there's like other, I can think everyday things that a lot of you guys probably deal with, like cheating on exams or like social media that will like lead you into sin um, or, like or like honoring people when like they're being dishonored. Uh, that's happening like all around us all the time and to like go contrary to that is like to go contrary to like what the world says like we could and should do and so you know doing that would definitely take a lot of self-denial and like it would be uncomfortable and it wouldn't like um, people wouldn't like you basically for it um, but it is and can be used as part of like the Lord's purifying process in our lives um, and so in addition, you know, to like us cooperating with God in this way, um, going through the fire is also, I think, can be a witness to others. Uh, so Sean shared last week about how, you know, being a troubler for Jesus might require you uh, to, to rustle, ruffle, ruffle some feathers, ruffle, rustle. I don't know. There's some disagreement in there, uh, you know, to like. Make some people upset, maybe. Not, like, on purpose, um, but because you're standing up for holiness and, like, what's right. Um, 
And so, you know, he challenged us to think, hey, how does my life affect other people? Am I being, like, effective for the kingdom? And I think that uh, us living a holy life or not actually um, can impact the way that people view uh, Christianity. Um, There's a guy named V.K. Chesterton um, who said this one day. He said, the Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting. It has been found difficult and left untried. Um, I think that's really true, but I think also the opposite might be true, at least in the U.S. or Morgantown or WVU right now, in the sense that I think people might think that walking with God is too easy, too boring, and that the reward is not there. Um, And what I mean by that is I think there's a lot of um, people who claim to be Christians who aren't surrendered, and they're not living holy lives, and they're not chasing Jesus. Um, And the picture that that paints to the outside world, who's, I think, since we're created to give our lives entirely to something or someone, they chase after other things that seem to be more promising of reward and demand more of them. Um, And I'm not saying anyone in here is necessarily in that boat, but I do think that it's something that being aware of that reality, we definitely need to pursue Jesus as hard as we can to make sure that we're giving the world a, a good example of what it means to walk with God, that it's both demanding of our lives and that Jesus as a reward is, is totally worth it. Because like with college or like, um, I don't know, like money or relationships or entertainment, like there's a lot of other things that we like through suffering in order to gain those rewards prove that those things to us are worth the suffering. And so if people on the outside can see that um, the suffering for Jesus is worth it, then, like, they might actually stop and ask us, like, hey, like, why do you go through all of this? Um, like, what's, what's the point? And then um, we, we will have an opportunity to share about the worth of God compared to all these other things that people go after. So, with all this, we've talked a little bit about, you know, how Jesus uh, wants to purify us, and it could take our cooperation um, both in, like, being made like him as well as um, being a witness to other people. Um, And it's also, uh, I think, true that, like, uh, this isn't something exclusive to what Jesus wants to do in our lives. Uh, The things I mentioned at the beginning about what fire is used for, building houses, bridges, cars, uh, precious, you know, stones like to make jewelry and our laptops and and phones and all these things. Um, Anyone who wants something to be done with quality wants whoever is making it or doing it to have suffered already, right? So, like, if you go to the doctor, you want your your doctor or nurse to have already, like, suffered through OCHEM and, like, their rotations, right? If someone's going to build a bridge or a house, like an engineer, then, like, you want them to have already suffered through statics and concrete and soils and all that fun stuff, right? Um, And if, you know, if we ever go to war, then you want your soldiers to have suffered through boot camp. Because if there's going to be any chance of something being quality, then, like, it requires suffering. It requires going through that fire. Um, And Jesus knows this, too. Um, and, you know, 
uh, like he's he's not just wanting us to be like pure so that like um, so that we can be like him, which is um, huge. But Jesus also has a mission that he's trying to accomplish. Um, if you guys haven't looked around yet, uh, this campus, this world is in huge need of Jesus, like Charles was talking about as well. Some of you guys have been saved out of, out of some super terrible lives before knowing Jesus. Um, and there was definitely someone either now or before that led you to Jesus that God used in order for you to know him. And his mission is still the same, and his method for reaching them is you guys, his followers. And so in order to be, be made, you could say, battle-ready for the Lord's mission, it's also going to take some suffering. Um, and so some of the ways that you can do this, um, you know, conversation with friends toughens you up about sin. You know, uh, saying yes to Jesus and saying no to other things or people toughens you up. Honoring people in the midst of dishonor toughens you up. Going out to booth and talking to random people about Jesus, that'll toughen you up for sure. Uh, even like if this isn't where you're at yet, reading your Bible on campus, that could like, I don't know, just do something in you and for you that's like, if you're not used to it or comfortable with that yet, that'll make you more bold. Um, and so in all of this, Jesus is desiring that we um, will be like that steel that's put into the fire and, and taken out as a tool for his service. Um, and so we need to be willing to do that, both in the cooperation, like I mentioned, as well as just like coming to the Lord and saying, Lord, whatever you want to do with my life, whatever suffering you might have me go through in order to be more like you and be used more for you, I'm willing. I, I, I want to be as much like you as I can. You're worthy. You're worth the chase. And, and, I, and I give you permission, quote, as if he needed it, um, in order to do this in my life. And uh, the cool thing about this is that uh, we don't do this alone, and we're not the first ones to do it. And in fact, Jesus actually did it himself. Um, so Jesus, you know, he, for all of eternity, was uh, with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. And then, you know, one day, humanity needed saving, and only Jesus could do it. And so, in humility and love, Jesus left heaven to come and be a man, and he suffered. He was, uh, as being the embodiment of truth, he was not believed. He was um, accused of lying, even by, like, the religious officials at the time. And being, like, the best friend ever, he was still rejected um, and, like, uh, and, and betrayed and denied by, like, even his closest friends. Um, and then ultimately, we know from the Bible, um, from his word, that Jesus, uh, in humility, uh, gave his life on the cross so that we can know him. And so, in talking about going through the fire and, and thinking, oh man, like, am I able to do this? Or, you know, like, um, where, where can I look for, for um, some, some fellowship in the suffering, even to Jesus? Uh, he, he's done this, and he's paved the way for us to do this as well. And he didn't just do it like begrudgingly. Uh, Hebrews 12, verse 1 through 3 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, 
fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. When we go through the fire, we are in fellowship with Jesus. When we say no to sin, we are in fellowship with Jesus. When we are rejected by others, we are in fellowship with Jesus. When we do these things with joy, we are in fellowship with Jesus. Jesus went to the cross so that we could be with him for eternity and to be like him. How can I think anything is too tough or costly um, when he has given such great of a prize? And so, um, like I said, tonight, uh, the message short that I wanted to share with you guys uh, was just about fire and, and what Jesus wants to do um, by putting us through suffering and allowing testings and trials to come into our lives. Um, and tonight we're going to worship a little bit um, just in response and, and as we, uh, yeah, just like um, process through uh, some of this stuff. And honestly, just to give God the worth that he deserves um, because he is worthy and um, it's just good to worship him. Um, and we give so much time to so many other things that tonight we really just wanted to um, have some time to fix our eyes on Jesus um, and, and praise him for who he is. Um, and so, Ben, y'all can go up um, while I share this last couple things. Um, but, yeah, I, want, I challenge you guys and invite y'all um, both now and during worship and um, over the next few days uh, just to say yes to Jesus um, and whatever he's putting before you. Um, so if it is any of those things that I mentioned, if you know of a friend who you need to talk to about their sin, if you've been feeling like you want to go out to Booth, um, and evangelize uh, to people, uh, or, you know, if any of those things about, like, honoring the dishonored or, you know, being honest on your academics or things like that, say yes to that, and, and slowly um, and surely the Lord will begin to chip away things um, that keep us from honestly being more like him and as useful for him as we can. And, uh, yeah, and, and remember, while we're doing this, uh, we're not doing this alone. Uh, we have friends who we can suffer with or we can walk with as we do this. And we have Jesus who has gone before us um, in order to show us how to do it. And uh, he, he's going to be with us. And he does it for our good because he loves us. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's just really encouraging. Um, I don't know. This, this passage was um, challenging and convicting to me. Uh, and I just wanted to share a little bit with you guys about it. Um, and so as we transition into worship, um, we're going to have a few people share a couple things, um, and we're going to have a much longer time of worship tonight. Um, and uh, just a couple things that, in addition to what um, is going to be shared as we worship, that I wanted you guys to think about is uh, just a couple things. One is like in the same way that you guys came to college thinking about, oh, hey, like what do I want, this degree, money, happiness, whatever it was. Think about that with the Lord. Think about what you want your life with God to look like. Um, 10, 20, 40, 60 years from now, uh, what kind of person do you want to be? Uh, like, what are the things now that you do that you don't like because they hurt God that you want to get rid of that, um, you know, you want to have, like, mastered way before 60 years from now? Um, so just dream with God is the first thing. And then the second thing is, um, yeah, just... I guess, like, reflect on both, 
Like, what, you know, when was the last time that I did something that was like made me uncomfortable for the Lord? Um, and how can I go about um, doing something even if and when um, it's going to be costly or difficult or uncomfortable? Um, so, yeah, we're going to worship. Um, I hope you guys were stirred. Um, and uh, to start off our worship time, Evan is going to come up and he's going to share something to lead us into this time of worship. <laughs> 